0: Chapter Twenty of Aunt Jane's Nieces at Millville. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Aunt Jane's Nieces at Millville by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Twenty A Lost Cause. The boy's musings confirmed him in the idea. "'that his mother's scheme was entirely practical. "'He didn't hanker much to marry, "'being young and fairly satisfied with his present lot, "'but opportunities like this did not often occur, "'and it seemed his bounden duty to take advantage of it. "'He got the store clothes next day, "'together with a scarlet necktie "'that was all made up in the latest style, "'as Sam Cotting assured him, "'and a pair of yellow kid gloves, "'fit for a howling swell.' SKIM WASN'T SURE AT FIRST ABOUT THE GLOVES, BUT CAPITULATED WHEN SAM DECLARED THAT THEY WERE REAL SIDDIFIED. IN THE EVENING, HE TOGGED UP WITH HIS MOTHER'S HELP, AND THEN WALKED OVER TO THE Wegg FARM. BETH ANSWERED THE KNOCK AT THE DOOR. THE LIVING ROOM WAS BRIGHTLY LIGHTED, UNCLE JOHN AND THE MAJOR WERE PLAYING CHECKERS IN A CORNER, AND PATSY WAS SOFTLY DRUMMING ON THE PIANO. Louise had a book, and Beth had been engaged upon some fancy work. When the door opened, Skim bobbed his head and said, "'Even, ma'am. I've come a visitin.' Beth conquered an inclination to smile. "'Won't you come in?' she said sweetly. ye, I will. "'I'm Skimbly Clark, you know, downt village. Ma keeps a store there.' "'I'm pleased to meet you, Mr. Clark.' Allow me to introduce to you my uncle and cousins,' said the girl, her eyes dancing with amusement. Skim acknowledged the introductions with intense gravity, and then sat down upon a straight backed chair near the piano, this being the end of the room where the three girls were grouped. Uncle John gave a chuckle and resumed his game with the major, who whispered that he would give a dollar for an oil painting of Mr. Clark if it couldn't be had for less.' Louise laid down her book and regarded the visitor wonderingly. Patsy scented fun, and drew a chair nearer the group. Beth resumed her embroidery with a demure smile that made Skim decide at once that he picked the pretty one. Indeed, the decision did justice to his discretion. Beth de Graff was a rarely beautiful girl, and quite outshone her cousins in this respect. Louise might be attractive, and Patsy fascinating, but Beth was the real beauty of the trio, and the most charming trait in her character was her unconsciousness that she excelled in good looks. So Skim stared hard at Beth, and answered the preliminary remarks addressed him by Patsy and Louise in a perfunctory manner. "'Won't you take off your gloves?' asked Louise soberly. "'It's so warm this evening, you know.' The boy looked at his hands. "'It's such a tarnal job to get em on again,' he replied. "'Don't put them on, then,' advised Patsy. "'Here in the country we're allowed to dispense with much unnecessary social etiquette.' "'Are ye? Then off they come. "'I ain't much stuck on gloves myself, "'but ma' you loud that a feller goin' courting ought to look like a sport.' A chorus of wild laughter which greeted this speech had the effect of making Skim stare at the girls indignantly. He couldn't find anything funny in his remark but there they sat, facing him, and uttering hysterical peals of merriment, until the tears ran down their cheeks. Silently, and with caution, he removed the yellow gloves from his hands, and so gave the foolish creatures a chance to laugh out their blamed giggle. But they were watching him, and saw that he was disconcerted. They had no mind to ruin the enjoyment in store for them by offending their guest, So they soon resumed a fitting gravity, and began to assist the youth to forget their rudeness. "'May I ask,' said Patsy, very graciously, "'which one of us you intend to favour with your attentions?' "'I ain't much used to such things,' he replied, looking down at his big hands, and growing a little red-faced. "'Perhaps I hadn't ought to tell before the rest of you.' "'Oh, yes, do tell,' pleaded Louise, "'was so anxious to know.' "'I don't s'pose it's right clever to pick and choose "'when you're all by,' said Skim, regaining confidence. "'But ma, she loud that with three girls handy "'I ought to give one on em, to say the least.' "'If you've got more than one,' remarked Beth calmly, "'it would be illegal.' "'Oh, one's enough,' said Skim, with a grin. "'Peggy says it's too many, "'and a feller oughtn't to take his girl ad a grab-bag.' "'I should think not indeed,' returned Patsy but here are three of us openly displayed, and unless you turn us all down as unworthy, it will be necessary for you to make a choice. "'What foolishness are you girls up to now?' demanded Uncle John, catching a stray word from the other corner while engaged in a desperate struggle with the Major. "'This is a time for you to keep quiet, Uncle,' retorted Patsy merrily. "'We've got important things to consider that are none of your affairs whatever.' "'Skim reflected that he didn't want this one, except as a last resort. "'She was too bossy. "'When I started out,' he said, "'I just come a-courtin, as any fellow might do, that wasn't much acquainted. "'But if I've got to settle down to one of ye?' "'He hesitated. "'Oh, you really must take one at a time, you know,' asserted Louise. "'It's the only proper way.' "'Then I'll start on the dark-eyed one that's a sewing," he said slowly. Beth looked up from her work and smiled. "'Go ahead, Mr. Clark,' she said encouragingly. "'My name is Beth. Had you forgotten it?' "'Call me Skim,' he said gently. "'Very well, Skim. "'Now, look here, Patsy Doyle, if you're going to sit there and giggle, you'll spoil everything. "'Mr. Clark wants to court, and it's getting late.' "'Perhaps I've went fur enough for to-night,' remarked Skim, uneasily. "'Next time they'll leave us alone, and then—' "'Oh, don't postpone it, please,' begged Beth, "'giving the boy a demure glance from her soft brown eyes. "'And don't mind my cousins. I don't.' "'These things can't be hurried,' he said. "Sigh, Merkle courted three weeks afore he popped. He told me so.' then he was a very foolish man declared patsy positively just look at beth she's dying to have you speak out what's the use of waiting when she knows why you're here by this time skim had been flattered to the extent of destroying any stray sense he might ever have possessed his utter ignorance of girls and their ways may have been partly responsible for his idiocy or his mother's conviction that all that was necessary was for him to declare himself, in order to be accepted, had misled him, and induced him to abandon any native diffidence he might have had. Anyway, the boy fell into the snare set by the mischievous young ladies, without a suspicion of his impending fate. "'Miss Beth,' said he, "'if you're willing, I'll marry ye any time you say.' "'I agreed to help Dick Pearson with the harvesting, "'but I'll try to get Ned Long to take my place, "'and it don't matter much no-how.' "'But I couldn't have you break an engagement,' "'cried Beth hastily. "'Why not?' "'Oh, it wouldn't be right at all. "'Mr. Pearson would never forgive me,' she asserted. "'Can't ye?' "'No. "'Not before Harvest Skim. "'I couldn't think of it. "'But afterward?' No. I've resolved never to marry after harvest. So, as you're engaged, and I don't approve of breaking engagements, I must refuse your proposition entirely." Skim looked surprised, then perplexed, then annoyed. "'Perhaps I didn't pop just right,' he murmured, growing red again. "'You popped beautifully,' declared Patsy. "'But Beth is very peculiar and set in her ways.' "'I'm afraid she wouldn't make you a good wife anyhow.' "'Then perhaps the girl in blue?' "'No,' said Louise. "'I have the same prejudices as my cousin. "'If you hadn't been engaged for the harvest, "'I might have listened to you. "'But that settles the matter definitely, "'as far as I am concerned.' "'Skim sighed. ma will be as mad as a hornet if I don't get any of ye," "'he remarked sadly.' "'She's paid Sam Cotton for this courtin' suit "'and he won't take back the gloves on no count after they've been wore, "'and that'll set ma crazy. "'Miss Patsy, if you think ye could?' "'I'm sure I couldn't,' said Patsy promptly. "'I'm awfully sorry to break your heart, skim, dear, "'and ruin your future life and make you misanthropic and cynical "'and spoil your mother's investment and make her mad as a hornet. "'All oh, this grieves me terribly.' but i'll recover from it if you'll only give me time and i hope you'll find a wife that will be more congenial than i could ever be skim didn't understand all these words but the general tenor of the speech was convincing and filled him with dismay rich gals is tarned in these parts he said regretfully then they gave way again and so lusty was the merriment that uncle john and the major abandoned their game "'and came across the room to discover the source of all the amusement. "'What's up, young women?' asked their uncle, "'glancing from their laughing faces to the lowering, sullen one of the boy, "'who had only now begun to suspect that he was being poked fun at. "'Oh, uncle,' cried Patsy, "'you've no idea how near you have been to losing us. "'We have each had an offer of marriage within the last half-hour.' "'Dear me!' ejaculated Uncle John." "'It shows the young man's intelligence and good taste,' said the Major, much amused. "'But is it a mormon yar, sir, to want all three? Directing a keen glance at Skim. "'No, taint,' he returned, wholly disgusted with the outcome of his suit. "'All three got asked, cause none of em's got sense enough to know a good thing when they see it.' "'But I do,' said the Major, stoutly, "'and I maintain you're a good thing and always will be.' i hope sir you call round to see me in baltimore next year i'll not be there but you can leave your card just the same please call again sir added uncle john about october just before snow flies the boy got up i don't care none he said defiantly it's all massful get me laughed at and she won't hear the last of it in a hurry neither be gentle with her skim suggested beth softly Remember, she has to face the world with you by her side. Having no retort for this raillery, which he felt rather than understood, Skim seized his hat and fled. Then Patsy wiped the tears from her eyes and said, Wasn't it grand, girls? I haven't had so much fun since I was born. End of chapter 20